Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Tuesday, April 4th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Well, the Royals won and the champagne flowed. It's not even October, but it was manager Matt Petrero's first victory, thus the celebration. On today's show, reporter Pete Granhoff and I talk all things Royals, and as is the case whenever we talk Royals during the season, there's more of an upbeat tone coming off of victory, and that's the case today with the Royals getting their first triumph of 2023, beating the Toronto Blue Jays on Monday night. Pete and I discuss what went right and what the problems were during the opening series sweep by the Twins. We also spend time talking about the new rules and their impact on the early part of the schedule. Games are faster, offense is up, and the reviews are almost all positive. Okay, let's get started talking Royals and baseball with Pete Gradhoff. We are talking Royals for the first time. Well, not the first time. We've talked Royals a couple of times um, earlier this year, but this is the first time since opening day. So games have been played. Losses have been registered, but now so has a victory. Uh, and Pete Gradhoff is here to talk about the Royals and baseball's rules changes. I want to get into that with you, Pete, and um, and just a lot going on with the Royals. But first of all, how you doing? Doing all right. Uh, it was nice to see the Royals get that first win yesterday. Um, but, uh, I wasn't there, but I saw the first three losses. <laughs> That's right. So... Um, if the Royals had their way, you would not cover another Royals game <laughs> this season. So, um, well, let's let's start um, let, let's start with last night's game. Uh, they beat the Toronto Blue Jays nine to five to get their first victory of the season, and they reversed the tra- some trends of previous games, the ones that you saw. Uh, the, the most important of which was the bats, right? Um, this was a team that, what was it? 20 scoreless innings to start the season. So shutout, shutout against the twins. And then they finally push it, push across four in Sunday's game. And it's not enough in a seven to four loss. So, you know, all the concerns that we had about the Royals, or I should say the, the bigger concerns that we had about the Royals going into the season um, did not come to fruition in these first couple games. That is pitching. Um, but but the lineup did not produce. We saw that on Monday night against the Blue Jays, did we not? Yes, that's what the, the Royals are hoping to see. The young guys came through. Um, the biggest stickler over the weekend was that uh, one for 20th runners in scoring position. They had opportunities in all three of those games against the against the Twins. I mean, they, the first two games were two to nothing, so it wasn't like they were blown out. Um, they just couldn't come through with the big hit when it mattered. Uh, and they did yesterday. I think they were six for 16 with runners in scoring position. Um, and that's more what you want to see after they'd been one for 20. And that one hit came in the ninth inning of Sunday's game when they tacked on a meaningless run and a loss to the twins. So they were 0 for 19 going into that at bat with runners in scoring position. <laughs> yes. Ugh. Yes. Um, the other, the other, uh, Problem or um, the bigger uh, another big issue with the with, with the offense in the first three games was the top of the order as well. Um, uh, what was it? the one two three uh, hitters were what was it a combined one for twenty nine in in those yeah. three games? I know at one point it was one for twenty nine. Is that what it ended up? 
Yeah, Bobby uh, Witt and Emmy, MJ Melendez didn't have a hit in the first three games. And Pasquantino, who had batted fourth in some of the games, but Sunday he batted third. He had just one hit. So, yeah, you don't, you don't need to get the average on one for 29 to know that uh, that's not good. And uh, Quatero, the manager, Matt Quatero, said after that game Sunday, obviously it's going to be tough to score runs if your guys at the top of the lineup you know, aren't getting on base. And that, that was definitely the case. Well, and of course, that's what they did on Monday against Toronto. But also, I thought it was significant. I saw this tweet on on Monday morning, and I forgot who it was from. I don't know if it was a, a Royals blogger or did it come from ESPN or Major League Baseball that through the first weekend of the season, even with the Royals not scoring, uh, certainly not hitting in the, in, in the clutch and top of the order having its issues, they led Major League Baseball, and it was an exit velocity or hard hit balls, which is the same thing, I guess. But there were like two categories in which which proved that the Royals were getting some pretty good swings. Maybe they were just unlucky in those first on that first weekend. Yeah, that's that's right. They were. I think they were first in hard hit rate and fourth in exit velocity. Okay, which I'm not sure. I mean, hard hit rate. I'm not. You know, I'm not sure the difference. Either one of those. Both of those speak well to how well they were hitting the ball. And they did hit a lot of line shots right at somebody. But if you're a Royals fan who had to listen the last few years about how, and I don't want to throw him under the bus, but Hunter Dozier's just got terrible luck because he's hitting the ball hard every time. Well, you don't want to hear that because it's the results that matter more than anything else. But, you know, Matt Duffy, as Jesse Newell noted in today's story, he uh, he sent an email out or text to the rest of the guys, younger guys, and Duffy's been around for a while. He's 32 years old, I think. Um, he's played for the Giants and the, and the Rays, teams that have been good or and made the playoffs. Just about, hey, you got to, you know, it's only three games. Don't don't stop your approach. We just didn't get the results we wanted. And I, I think they took that to heart. And yesterday they finally saw some results in getting that first win. And they jumped on, um, on the Blue Jays at, from the start, right? First inning, they push across three. It's uh, finally what you wanted to see from from the young hitters. They they uh, I think it was said the final score was nine to five, and it was actually nine to one going into the I think the seventh inning. So they hit early, they hit often, they got it from uh, I think every everybody in the they had, they finished the night with ten hits, and everybody in the in in, in the uh, batting order had at least one, except for Nate Eaton who was batting ninth. And um, it was good to see Bobby Witt get couple of RBI singles hit with, you know, hit with runners on uh, Nikki Lopez with a, with a triple brought in a couple. So uh, all of that in support of Brady Singer, who's making his first, who made his first start of the year. And wasn't it interesting? He was the guy that we thought merited op- the opening day assignment, but it was not going to happen for him once he accepted the, uh, the the role on on the United States team in the World Baseball Classic that's that that affected his you know his spring training regimen with the Royals and meant he would not be the opening day starter but he he did start on on Monday and pitched well right he got um, one run in five innings left with a lead and got the is the first winning pitcher for the Royals this year I want to go back to the series that you covered though Pete. Starting pitching, look, you know, until Brad Keller's fifth inning on Sunday, starting pitching looked pretty good, didn't it? It did. Both got the first two guys, um, 
Grinky on opening day and Jordan Lyles on the uh, second game, both went five and a third. And, uh, you know, the Twins didn't do very much against either one of them. And Keller pitched pretty well, too, I thought, uh, Sunday. He just kind of ran out of gas there um, in the fifth inning. He got the first two outs and loaded the bases with walks. And I just think he ran out of steam because he also is a, a guy who hasn't pitched uh you know, gotten the length he needed in spring training, just like Singer. So the starting pitch, well, the pitching overall has been really good, I think. I think I saw the, the starters ERA after uh, after last night's game was 266. They'll take that every time. Opponents batting average 238. They'll take that, you know, every um, for every series. So, yeah, you're right. I, I Again, I thought starting pitching was uh, was going to be – the bigger issue for the Royals uh, coming into the season. So far, the early returns are pretty good. Um, it, pitchers, you know, I know it's 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 the height of cliche in baseball to say pitchers are often ahead of the hitters early. That changes as the weather gets warm. But I don't I don't care. <laughs> whatever it takes, you know, whatever it takes for the Royals to 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 feel good about themselves, and um, and I'm I'm all for. As for the Twins, that's a pretty good ball club. They they ended up uh, they, they left Kansas City. I don't know where they played last night, but they won and they're four and zero. So uh, good good ball club that the Royals uh, had trouble with over the weekend. You know what? When you're the Royals, everybody's a good ball. <laughs> everybody's a good ball <laughs> club. When you're when you're coming off a ninety seven loss season and then a couple of hundred loss seasons, not in the in the not too distant past. Everybody looks like a big challenge, and so it is with the Blue Jays. And but they get the Giants, the, the, and then they hit the road for the first time, right at San Francisco and and at the Texas Rangers uh, before coming back home. So, um, how about just a quick thought on the bullpen? Um, even with the you know the starters looking good, and you and you mentioned it, Pete, that heck everybody's pitched, everybody kind of pitched well in that in that Minnesota series. What um, any hints from? Um, Matt Quatrero about what uh, you know how the bullpen's going to set up and 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 who the who the closer is. I mean, it's it's Barlow, you know, but he didn't have a closing opportunity in in the Minnesota series. That's right. Yeah, they had to use him because he hadn't pitched. He did pitch Sunday and through a scoreless inning. Um, the only the only hint I've really seen is it, it seems like he's going to bring in Amir Garrett to pitch in, in a situation like a more high leverage situation with maybe a runner on base. Um, he's come in twice now that in that kind of a situation. Um, and Quatrero noted that he feels like he he's a good matchup against lefties and righties. Um, you know, I, I don't know that they're necessarily going to go with uh, someone who's going to be a closer closer. I mean, Barlow will probably fit that situation. But if you look what Araldus Chapman did in his first game, you know, we're four games into the season. So a sample size is going to be way too small. But that game he pitched Saturday. He hit 102.5 on the gun. He was over 100 with uh, like a half dozen pitches or right at that. Maybe it was 99. He was electric. He looked like his old self. He was amazing. Um, and if you've got that back in the back end of your bullpen, it's hard not to see him. If, if he keeps that up, is potentially also closing games. Yeah, that was uh, that was great to see. Uh, and this is a big prove it year for him as well. It ended so badly for him last season in in New York. So um yeah, I hope we get the 
I hope we get the vintage Aroldis Chapman uh, for the Royals this year, if for no other reason uh, to to increase his value. If the Royals aren't contending in the summer, to you know, to, to see what they could get for him in a in a flip. So, okay, I'll tell you what, Pete. Let's take a break here, and when we come back, we got to talk about lineups and rules changes. We got a few things we need to get to, so we'll be right back after this. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the e-edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. Okay, we're back on Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast, and we're talking Royals with Pete Gradhoff, who went and covered the the opening series and um, the Royals lost all four of the, all three of those to the Minnesota Twins. They've got their first win of the season over the Toronto Blue Jays Monday night. A victory so worthy of a celebration that they spilled champagne in the clubhouse after the game. I thought, guys, Josh, for one win early, you're gonna you're gonna open up the bottles of champagne. Well, it turns out. That was Matt Cotrero's first victory as a manager. It was celebrated with a little champagne. He got some in the face, too, I think I read. Yeah, right in the eyes. <laughs> Why they wear goggles in the postseason. <laughs> <laughs> Something we hope he will learn uh, as the yes. Royals manager. Yes. Oh, I remember those days of uh, wearing uh, ponchos and uh, and having to cover, make sure the eyes were protected in the clubhouse. There were many champagne showers in those days, right? They were... Well, count them six. Uh, wild card, LDS, ALCS, ALDS, ALCS World Series. So plenty of those uh, champagne showers. And the last champagne shower was probably against the uh, Blue Jays, right? That's that 2015 ALCS. At Kaufman, yeah. Kaufman, um, yeah. So it's certainly in New York, they, they, got to, they get to celebrate the World Series in New York and that was the correct. Yeah, that was the only one that was on the road. The World Series mm-hmm. celebration. All the rest were at the K. So that's right. All right. Um, let, let's let's talk about the lineup for a second. Uh, four games for the Royals so far. Four different lineups. Only two players have um, have played the same position in all four games. Vinny Pasquantino uh, at first, and Kyle Isbell in center field. Um, I think this speaks to what we heard. Uh, Matt say in the in in in, in preseason that you know they're 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 gonna they're gonna use their entire roster right and we're we're kind of seeing that early. Uh, how many different uh, four three different DHs three different left fielders uh, so far this year? I he, he's he's making making uh, true on that promise, isn't he? He is. And first of all, one thing I want to throw out there. The, the hot stat of the day, the Royals are 0-3 with Salvador Perez in the lineup, 1-0 when he doesn't play. <laughs> we'll throw that out there. See if that's a trend. <laughs> Quattrero, I, I think one of the reasons why maybe we saw the a lot of the roster changes is it was important to him to make sure everybody got in the first series against the Twins. He, he made a note of that. 
um, over the weekend. You, you come out of spring training, you got some time off. You want him, He wants to make sure all those guys feel like they're engaged and are part of the, you know, getting some at bats and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm not, not to say that he won't keep changing things up because you've got the infield solution there, trying to get Nicky Lopez in some games. And as long as he keeps hitting a triple when the other team is expecting him to bunt, I think that's, uh, I think that he's gonna he's gonna see more more time in there too. I mean, it's of course still early, but yeah, it, it is interesting to see where guys are playing and uh, moving things around. That, that's uh, I, th- I think that's kind of baseball in twenty twenty three, right? Nobody's just locked into one position. I'm wondering if we're going to see um, a you know uh, an opener, uh, you know, a bullpen game from. You know, from pitching staff, I, you know, Tampa Bay certainly known for it, where where Cotrero came from, and uh, you get Chris Bubich completing the you know first time through the rotation with tonight's game. Um, I, I don't know if there's a, a a natural place on the schedule to for something like that to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen at some point with the Royals this year. I don't. Correct me if I'm wrong, Pete, but I, I don't know if I've ever the Royals have ever done that. Um, uh, I'll have to ask around in maybe when I'm at a ballpark this week, but I don't know if the Royals have ever done that. You know, that's a good point, and I and I know they considered doing it. I think tonight in mm-hmm. this series, they were gonna they 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 kind of waited before they announced their starters for the four games, in, in part because they were considering using a starter. It would be interesting to see who that starter would be. I mean, I'm not sure who the candidates uh, you would throw out there, but I, I, I absolutely think we're going to see it. You know, you're not, you're not going to see those five guys each make 30 plus starts this season. Um, it just, that's baseball. There's injuries, there's fatigue of the arms. That's the, they'll end up throwing, I think a starter in there um, at some point. Okay. Um, so let's, let's talk about some of the rules changes. Obviously the, the, the most, uh, the, the one that got the most preseason buzz, and it was because the results were just so um, apparent, was the pitch clock. And Monday night's game against the 9-5 to five game against the Blue Jays went two hours and 37 minutes and it's been the longest Royals game so far this year. That um, That is amazing. Uh, for those of us that have followed baseball and have, you know, watch the the game extend itself from you know from two and a half hours to 245 and over three hours now for most of the last few years in terms of average length to see their first four games all under two hours and 37 minutes and that's that's just amazing and when you have a, a game that starts at 640 which the Royals are doing in in the early part of the season game that lasts that long you're you're done by nine thirty. I mean, it's it's um, it, it's incredible. I, I, I the number of times that I have covered a game at the K, and you have two, Pete, where it gets to be about ten o'clock at night, and you're only in the seventh inning, mm-hmm. and you know you're not going to see highlights on the ten thirty news. You know, the ten o'clock news, the sports that comes on at ten twenty five because the game's not over. And I'm not saying those days are behind us, but I I love where baseball's trending with. Uh, with the pitch clock? I think almost everybody is, right? I, I haven't heard that many complaints. I, I know yesterday MJ Melendez took a uh, foul ball 
in the private parts and you know needed a few minutes as a, as a catcher it wasn't like as a about, catcher. yeah yes sir sorry and um <clears throat> he needed a few minutes you know to catch his breath and I mean that's probably the longest delay I've seen and and it's you know it just gets a little irritating to see the guy a pitcher step off the mound walk around like it used to be right and and it's just now you're getting the ball and you're throwing it again and Vinny Pasquantino said uh for the season I think you were there I think he answered your question about it he got called up last year he was used to the pitch clock because he'd been in the minors already and he would step into the box and look out and be surprised to see the pitcher wasn't even on the mound I mean <laughs> it's ridiculous and it's not just the pitchers who did this and I, maybe I just am an old guy, but I don't need to see the batter step out of the box, readjust his gloves every between every pitch. And so all this dead time that's being taken out, I, nobody's missing it. And the games are moving at a crisper pace. I think it's better for the fielders to be more engaged in the game. You know, you, you don't you don't have to let your mind wander. You're ready for the next play. It's It's been a good thing. And, and like you said, the 640 starts, which the Royals are doing when school's not in session. You're right. I mean, if you're going to take your kid out to a ball game, why wouldn't you do something like that? Where when the games are good, you know, the game's going to be over by nine, nine, 15, you'll be home by 10. Yeah. I, I think it's a good, a good move on the Royals part to, to do this, to start the games earlier. Um, a couple things about the pitch clock that I've read that I, I found interesting. Um, if, if this continues and I read somewhere today that the, the average length of the game has cre crept up to about 240. Um, and maybe that's because of there being more offense. And we'll get to that in a minute because of the rules changes. Um, but even with, even at that, if games are, are, are lasting a, on average a half hour less uh, than they do, than they have in the last few years, that over a week's period is a, is a, you know maybe close to two and a half hours plus of action not being play, being left on the field, and how you know how you start adding that up week to week, how much wear and tear is that going to save on a ball player? You know if they're if they're not out there for an extra half hour every day, and um, and how that can add up to uh, maybe a little bit more longevity to some players who aren't, you know, everyday guys who are are now getting what what amounts to, um, you know, a, a, a you know a day off during the week because they're, you know, they're they're, they're playing two and a half hours less mm -hmm. per week. And um, and and the other the the other thing I saw, which which is uh, to the contrary of this, I guess it was in a Bryce Har Harper interview on Sunday night baseball on, on ESPN, where, you know, he's saying that some of the players don't like being hurried, especially the hitters that um, they miss their routines. Um, maybe that involves stepping out of the batter's box and adjusting batting gloves, as you mentioned. And, um, and, and, and hitters want to see uh, maybe that, that pitch clock extended a little bit. I believe it's, is it 15 seconds when when there's no runner on base and 20 when there is? Or I think yes. that's the, that's the time limit. So maybe something to keep an eye on if you hear some ball players chirping about it a bit that uh, uh, that it, it's it's breaking their routine. However, you know, offense is up, um, runs are up, and stolen bases are up with this with the shorter bases and the pit and the new pickoff rules where you can't go over more than twice uh, mm -hmm. during a plate appearance. So 
I don't know. I think all signs are pointing toward uh, the, all the rules changes being successful. I, I agree with you. And Bryce Harper, and I'm sure there are others who feel like it's it's uh, messing with their routine. Like you said, if offense is up, who can complain? I mean, something's going right for the batters if they're, you know, if they're out there. Um, I, I did hear, oh, I think it was an interview yesterday, maybe on MLB Network, that <clears throat> I think the the Phillies had gotten caught in a situation where they gave up nine runs to the Rangers either on opening day or that opening series. And they were talking about how the pitchers couldn't like slow the game down. And that maybe now they're going to start doing more mound visits as a way to try and, because you get five mound visits through eight innings and you get an extra one if you need it in the ninth, then maybe, and teams never come close to using those. And so maybe that's a way that pitchers will try to slow things down if you're you're in the middle of a bad inning. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think anybody misses misses the uh, the extra half hour that we've we've been missing from these games. And a quick point on the stolen bases that was one of the things about the opening series for the Royals that was kind of disappointing is they didn't even attempt a stolen base, and I think only once did a runner take off on a pitch, and it was a foul ball. And last night, I got at least a couple stolen bases, and I think that's going to be a big part of their game. Well, that's right. That was the, uh, the the exhibition season talk was that the Royals were a team that could take advantage of uh, of the base stealing, the larger bases, and the you know, and, and the limited number of, of pickoffs. Finally, Bobby Witt got the team's first stolen base. I think Nicky Lopez added one as well. So, yeah, so they're on the board. In, in in that way and in baseball i read this as well um so far there've been a uh, through the first four days of the season or five whatever it is five days there were 100 stolen base attempts with 84 being successful mm-hmm. that's a heck of a success rate 80 84% so good stuff uh there all right pete um royals uh three more with toronto uh tuesday night uh, Wednesday night, Thursday afternoon, they go to San Francisco for three, at Texas for three after that, and then they return home. So there's going to be plenty of Royals to discuss coming up, and we're going to do that with with Pete and with others as the season unfolds. So, Pete, I appreciate you spending some time with us. Hey, thanks for having me on, Blair. Always good to talk to you. Okay, we'll do it again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to Monty Davis for producing the show and to the Sportsbeat KC staff of Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Pete Gradhoff for sharing his insights. Today's morning sports edition was 37 pages loaded with baseball, plus coverage of UConn's victory in the NCAA championship game, NBA, NHL, golf, so much more. Check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Every day.